Welcome to the latest uh, Techman Talks Dynamics and uh, exciting one this one because we're looking at the Wave 1 2022 uh, release notes specifically for Business Central but um, yeah it's uh, it's nice to see a nice long list from Microsoft again. Okay, so should we start with the application list then? I'll, I'll drive, I'll go, I'll go through the list and we can yeah. uh, pick out uh, some of the highlights. Uh, Jobs has had some changes. Um, you can now have build to sell to on the job, which is long overdue. Yeah, it, it's more in line with the rest of the system, yeah, really. That, yeah, and then you can also use um, image picks and warehouse picks now from jobs, yeah. um, which you know so, some people are having to go back to sales orders and, and raise sales orders for those. You can do that directly from the jobs now as well. Jobs so has had quite a lot of love over a few release now, hasn't it? It, it, it has seems to be becoming building, yeah, and yeah. I think if you've looked at it before and discounted it, it's worth another look. Yeah. I wish they called it projects rather than jobs. I think jobs as a term perhaps puts people off. Yeah, it's more construction industry base maybe. Um, but actually there's a lot of kind of project orientated organizations that could use it. Yeah. We use it. We use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one, yeah, the amount of times we've done this, I'd hate to say, but specifying a currency, uh, as in the bank account details based around the currency. Yeah, so basically, so you can have a different, if it's a euro customer, they have the euro's bank account details, dollars, dollars. So bank please account. pay this euro invoice into our euro account yeah. rather than our sterling one or whatever. Yeah, which is yeah, far it's a, better. It's a logical. What I've seen before as well as people have them all printed <laughs> on the document, so yeah. you've got lots of bank details. That's, and then that's they pay them into be, the wrong one yeah, anyway, and then you confusing. get loads of bank yeah. charges. Yeah. So that, that's, um, that's a good feature to, to add and something that we've done yeah. bespoke previously quite a Many lot of times. On the service documents as well, so not just sales. Yeah. Um, contras. Contras, yes. Being able to do <laughs> one line contra between uh, customers and suppliers. Yeah, and also being able to view, um, so your customer and vendor are linked together and you can see the customer balance on the vendor card and the vendor balance on the customer card. Yeah. So when you're, um, potentially if you were using it for things like credit checks, you can see how much they owe you and you owe them. Yeah. So that's um, it's a nice one. Yeah, I, I like that. That's something that, again, I've, I've done bespoke a few times over well, the years. It isn't actually difficult to do, and, you know, arguably should have been done years ago, controversially, can I say, but, you know, it's just great to see Microsoft ticking these easy wins off. Yeah. Um, production bombs can now have a fixed quantity. Uh, it comes up sometimes. Um, startup scrap. Some, you know, there's a, a yeah. common scenario where you've got no, no, an extrusion machine where there's always going to be t- 20 kilos worth of material that has to go through before you can even start getting any products. So a uh, useful one there. Um, the exchange rates, in, in enhancements. Um, so it just gives you a little bit more control over the batch job because previously it was a big job that posed loads of entries yeah. that can get really confusing. So... Um, and, and I've seen people trying to do that manually to avoid using that batch job, but actually I think they've, that, that, that's sorted now and that's much easier to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, deferral postings, one of James's... Uh... Well, I, I always thought right from deferrals day one, the fact that the posting date restrictions were applied to deferrals meant you couldn't defer for very long at all if you were using your posting dates properly. So the fact that you, you, you know, um, the deferral element of the posting... Uh, doesn't have the posting dates applied, it means you can defer for one year, two years, five years, whatever you need to do. Um, variants um, variants came into forecast, I think, in wave two of 2021, yeah. but now they, they're going to enhance it to make it easier to use. So some kind of UI improvements there, which is a nice one. Um, 
jobs again talked about you can well they call it projects here bit of <laughs> yeah interesting yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a name change coming uh, report selection so you can you can choose the report for some of those job reports rather than it just being fixed um, as it is out the box default dimensions on locations that's a long done that a few times yeah, that's yeah. A, a long time coming yeah, so, so, so just specify some locations on your dime. Yeah, yeah some dimensions on your locations yeah that's, that's useful Sh- quite a big one I think Shopify connector um, and it's it's yeah Shopify being an e-commerce solution Microsoft and Shopify made this announcement a few months ago looking at the description of it it's, it's more than you know, it's not just orders it's, it's yeah, how far does it items go? pricing history so order history, um, stock availability. I was about to say, does it cover stock availability? Because yeah. that's, I don't that's know what one control. of the big, um, yeah. one, of, one of the, the head scratches always when we do um, integration with websites is how you calculate that availability and how you make sure that yeah. if as somebody entering an order in the back office gets the same result as maybe somebody putting on a website and then you know well not typically they're updating the, the inventory kind of once a day aren't they and yeah. sending a batch up and then it might yeah. have already been right. sold in the meantime and all this right. but it's good to see them i mean that's quite a controversial one because there's a number of third-party shopify connectors out there yeah um so I'm, I, I still want to see a bit more detail and is it free of charge and and how does it all work and and so on the the rumor is that it's been done um by shop by shopify shopify initiated this rather than microsoft so it's um you know, you that they're, they're, they're doing it from the right way around um and and actually with the apis we've got now fairly straightforward so interesting for, for those customers who want entry-level e-commerce yeah. i think i was gonna say and it should go, be quite a, a, it. if you want something that you can set up quickly and get going quickly you know we had the scenario when when everyone into lockdown that suddenly everybody needed a b2c solution and yeah. something that you can get up and running quite quickly yeah it might be worth dip your toe if it's um without spending an awful lot of money to do it yeah so I think this is a big one. Synchronised sales quotes and orders in both directions between Business Central and Donna. It's 365 sales. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, well, I think that will raise some interesting process questions. It, but. It, it, it will, but you know, if you've put the order on in Business Central, why can't you see it in in D three sixty five sales? Um, and um, you know, the fact that, that that it's now going both ways is 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 long needed. Um. Yeah, different different GL accounts for sales and purchase. So um, you can you can set up different sites and service management yeah. set up um, for posting group changes. So yeah, and then you can when you suggest vendor payments by by vendor posting groups. So rather than it being specific to one individual vendor, different types of invoices can have different types of um, vendor posting groups. So you can then do payment runs grouped together by that. So I've been trying to think of a business case for that, and an example I could give, but. Um, can't quite think why you'd want to do that without mm-hmm. getting a bit me- if you've got multiple control accounts but that I'd be interested to see yeah, um, really, how somebody uses that yeah it, it's not often it's a restriction is it not no, really it's not one that I've come up so with so it's obviously that. but it's, it's come Some about from somewhere it. yeah. so yeah. It, it, it's um it's an interesting well, one. Well, most of these are from the BC ideas. Yeah. So, you know, somebody so must have voted yeah. for it somewhere you think um unless somebody's got yeah. extraordinary influence yeah. to to get that um, yeah. circumvented but I think they're one of, one of the application ones that I like although they've got it under reports on the list um, is the account schedule enhancement yes. so yeah. um, I 
I have long yes. been of the belief that account schedules are massively underutilized. Yeah, in fact, Matt, we're going to do a podcast on this very subject okay. at some point um, because people don't use them, I think, because they were very simplistic mm-hmm. um, uh, years ago and um, on the face of it even now look quite simplistic. But with some of the enhancements, they're actually really quite powerful in terms yeah. of being able to use the overview. The overview has now been extended so you can get 15 columns, which gives you at least a column for every month. Yep. Uh, plus um, yeah. some totaling and some variance yeah, yeah. calculations as well. Um, with the budgeting and forecasting changes as well in the last wave, um, you've got some more flexibility there. Um, yeah, you can include, you can filter a budget on a column. Yeah. So you can do budget and forecast yeah. from two yeah. different budgets. Uh, and of course, having it on the overview on screen means you can interrogate it that way. Yeah. Drill down so, to the transaction. You can drill yeah. down to the transaction itself. So when people it. export the chart of accounts into Excel yeah. and then have a convoluted take this cell and this cell yeah. and this cell and add it together to produce the management and account. And numbers get changed but I mean I you'll, you'll, you'll never beat the presentation of Excel will you for, for, for putting that management report together but, but getting ex- it yeah, from a yeah. account schedule rather than getting it directly from also, a chart well, if, you, if you realise that there's some errors and you've got to go and do some corrective journals then you've got to export it all again whereas at least if you look at it on the account schedules you notice your mistakes you go and do your corrective journals you come back you check it then you produce your management pack or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need to do um, also, well, you can now print them landscape, yes. which <laughs> yeah. might well, sound basic, but yeah. um, you know, for most people, they and especially if you want to have the the kind of January to December, yeah. the, the multiple column um, layout, then I think um, you can hide yeah. zero values as well to make it a bit easier to read. Oh, and also, well. they don't have to say zero now; they can sh- you can choose how. Um, it displays a, a zero balance, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. So it, there's, a, there's just more flexibility, and I think it just um, takes them for being a very basic. Um, Without turning tools. this into the account schedules podcast, I think you know <laughs> it doesn't have to be for just a profit and loss and a balance. It actually your sales reporting, you know, and and the fact that on the report you can go schedule. So potentially, you know, eight o'clock every morning, everybody can get the sales report from the account schedule just sent out every day. Um, you combine those two features that have come across in the last couple of years together. Um, don't don't just think um, it's just for uh, management reporting, it can be for operational reporting as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, some Microsoft 365 enhancements. So Teams integration has been enhanced more usability, I think, than, than functionality. Uh, Outlook add-in, I think you can add in now additional um, attachments in terms of emails. So it'll capture the attachments when it captures the email, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Clever document delivery will do that as well. Yeah, has done for a while. Um, Development, I don't know if there's anything, James, you think we should discuss. I mean, telemetry is a big thing, I think, in 22, in the underlying information that we can get yeah, out of the system. I, um, what, what we've got um, up till now is is better than it was originally, but it's still a way off. Um, yeah. This gives us more, you yeah. know, this, but this will log an error as soon as it happens. It will give you the time. Um, it will user help us. Well. Yeah, and the user. It will help us really drill down to um, any areas of particularly performance issues mm-hmm. or where something is continually erroring or going or, or sporadically erroring that we can't recreate on demand. It should really help us be able to do that. I mean, I think that there's there's a number of things on there that are very specialist on company open completed. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they're ticking boxes that have been 
kind of, we can't do this because, or we're doing it in the wrong way and it's causing issues for Microsoft. So that there's a number of things there. Um, I think the GitHub um, integration for development for customers that are maybe doing their own development, that's gonna be really major because yeah. ineffectively, it, it, you know, it, it produces the whole DevOps cycle on GitHub. Um, it says there for partners, but I, I see that, you know, if partners haven't got their own source code control and DevOps in place by now, then they're probably lagging it. But end customers who are increasingly starting to be self-sufficient in terms of dev, yeah. um, you know, putting it up to DevOps and then being able to share it with their partner for review. The telemetry, um, yeah, being able to see the company name so we can tell which company this particular error is happening. is yeah. a, It was a big miss that we need. The d report data sets to XML, being able to check in XML that actually the data is actually going out to the report, whether it's showing in the report. So you've got kind of what's being reported and then how it's laid out and how it's presented. Yeah. It's going to make a little bit easier. So a lot of those, um, although the reporting one that I'm probably most excited about is the ability to lay out your reports in Excel. Excel yeah. I know. Yeah. That potentially could be a mega change to... So you can um, put Excel formulas in there as well. Well, yeah, and, and kind of a lot of, um, you know, the word reporting's been okay, but too often you have to drop back to RDLC um, because you couldn't do the repeater patterns or whatever you needed it in um, in Word. It will be interesting to see actually whether Excel, because you've got more kind of precise control and placement of on the page. Um, Word wasn't ideal for that. It, you, yeah. it, it could, you, could, you could spend as much time messing about to get the word layout right. I've got more higher hopes for Excel than I had for Word. Yeah, I mean, t I mean, I found on Word you ended up just creating all in a table, and you kind of end up with like almost like an Excel sheet. Yes. So maybe. I wonder why that's why they decided to use and Excel then, you know, instead. That, that table, as soon as you start to make a change, it all falls apart. And yeah, yeah. yeah. we all love Word. Don't we? Um, in terms of uh, governance administration, so, so kind of back-end security stuff, there's, there's some there I think some SaaS users will, will like. Um, so when you create new users, there isn't a default permission set that you can define, but you can there. So I think that, that oh, so would be useful. you could have a, a basic user yeah. permission yeah. Yeah. and assign that to, to a new user and just add from there. Yeah. And the other one is the when, you, when you're pulling in users from Microsoft 365, I think if you've got a lot, it can it's take a while. Yeah. 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 yeah, if you've got a corporate yeah. AD that you've been putting into, <laughs> wait a day, come back. Yeah, I think tomorrow. our ATR users, when we did it fairly recently, look over 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it. When you're just trying to add those, and you're just trying to add one user. And yeah, and it's one of those where you're thinking, is this doing anything? <laughs> or, <laughs> or is it just really slow? So yeah, I think... Um, that that's that's um, a good one. Is it probably a, a good time to talk about the um, security changes in terms of authentication? Yeah. Oh. Because this is this it's is big really one. significant yeah. for any customers that are on BC SaaS, but also that integrate to any Microsoft SaaS-based solutions. So if you're on an older version of NAV or BC... You need to think about it. You need to think about it, but when, when you upgrade, but actually if today you're integrating to CRM, you're integrating to Power Platform, there may be some changes to the to the way well, that you authenticate the, that. The one is SharePoint. The one yeah. is the bigger one is SharePoint because 
for instance, you know, clever, uh, clever dynamics have got document links that you drag and drop it on and it can save it into SharePoint. Um, that used to use uh, username and password authentication. Or, that yeah, won't that work. Will. So if that you, will if you not hear, work from April. Um, you'd have had some communication um, about this from us and that's, that's, that's what we call basic authentication, isn't it? Which yeah. is username and Just password. Just using somebody, one of your users' um, username and password. Jet, if you're using Jet, you're probably using basic authentication. If you're using sort of various third-party tools, it's it's probably using basic authentication. Yeah. So um, if you're on SaaS, you will you will need an update on um, some of your third-party apps before yeah. your before the BC20 upgrade. Can and happen. if you're on premise, you're probably going to need an update to want some some app that, yeah. that you use or. Yeah. Yeah, so anything where there's a web service key, I mean, it, yeah, it's a big long number, you know, it's, but it, that functionality, you, know, you go to the user in BC and that's where you'd copy that web service yeah. key, it's going. I mean, if, even if you've opened the page in the last year, it tells you that it's been deprecated, but it, yeah, come April, it'll but stop it, working. Because this is a Microsoft-wide change, okay? If, it, you know, if you've got your, if you've got Office 365 and your nav on-premise is sending emails out via your Office 365 account, chances are in the earlier versions of NAV, that was set up with a username and password, yeah. and that's not going to work. So and we it are will gonna, stop, won't it, it overnight? Will, apparently it will stop. Yeah. I mean, you know, that we... And we expect that to be it. at some point in April, but we don't know exactly when yet, no, do we? because, and actually it will be different. It can be different... You know, depending on your data center, logically they'll roll this out. And, and the and product potentially. So it might affect BC SaaS before it affects uh, your links to SharePoint. I think your, this is the, I, I, I predict, um, you know, in my darker hours that this is the biggest car crash for a lot of uh, <laughs> coming. I don't think, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of, oh, it doesn't work, why not? Oh, we didn't realize it did that. Mm. Um, with SAS, one of the benefits of telemetry is that we can pull out every connection so we can identify it, we can go through and tick it off. Yeah, if you, when if it's on premise, we don't have that. If you're on SAS and you have signed up to our managed service, then we'll be in touch um, in the next few weeks anyway with a plan to, to move anything. And we've already, written. you know, some of them have done the EDI ones, we've done already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, some of the, the third parties, um, like for example, Continue, they they will be pushed out over the next few weeks as well. The updates needed for that. Um, so if you're in on SAS, it's much easier because we have we have the ability to see exactly what um, what data is being is being authenticated using using basic. So we can identify that. If you're on premise and you're on older versions, we don't necessarily know. Um, you know, if you've written a power app in house and you're using it, we don't necessarily know that. An export, and it might an not be BC that needs changing. It might not be BC that needs changing. But I, I think if you've got any queries about um, the the integrations you've got on whether or not they'll be affected, then you need to speak to your account manager um, so that we can look at it as soon as possible. Yeah. Because it, it's it's already February. 
we know this is going to happen at some point in April, so it will be good during March that we get everybody moved over uh, to to um, to the to to OAuth to the right. And you know, Microsoft Microsoft are saying this is a security issue, um, and and typically they don't delay or compromise on security yeah, issues. Yeah, and They're I think that's what saying. Kind of you know, this is, this is being done to protect people's data because they believe that the authentication method that's in use at the moment. Could be could make people vulnerable to to to, um, to attack. So it's being done for the right reasons. It's been pushed back a few times. It should have happened yeah. towards the end of last year. It didn't. Um, so I think, no, I think it was my gut feeling is that it will happen this, it was, it was this year. A year ago in November was yeah, the first. One. I think yeah. it will happen. So we do need to we do need to address it. But on a more positive note, power platform integration changes. So. You know, lots of um, difficult to explain, perhaps the kind of technicalities behind this. For yeah, so, so I mean, what, I guess one of the one of the big steps that's going to keep on happening is the integration with Dataverse. So Dataverse being the cloud database that kind of CRM and Power Apps and all sorts of things are, can yeah. yeah can connect to and use. That that's going to become more and more. Um, well, it's going to be, it'll be used more, I think, by customers because yeah. it's going to be, yeah, it's well, going to be easier well, and functional and, and, yeah. Our customers are coming up with business cases all the time where this is just perfect. Yeah. You know, I, I, some of our customers have done some really fantastic things yeah. um, at, you know, relatively low cost, really, because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't need a, a BC developer to do it. Well, the, the Power yeah. Automate, you know, if you look at that, it's, it's drag and drop workflow. It's, it's yeah. what we've always wanted within BC. And suddenly now the connector to be to your BC data yeah. is so functional that actually you can you can use it almost like a built-in workflow. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that wasn't there was the ability to go and get a, a filtered set of data of all yeah. the things you have. You could go and get one record. You can create stuff. You can. You couldn't. But you couldn't go and say, "Go and get me a list of customers where the postcode begins with." For instance, um, you had to. Yeah, you, know, you could or do that. Today's and, item ledger entries. Yeah, you, you got all of your item ledger entries, all which all might one. have taken a while. Yeah, all one. All one. Yeah. All one. Yeah, you could do that through a HTTP request into the web service, and you're probably using basic yes. authentication on that as well. So bear in mind, yeah. that's another one to think about. Yeah. But now you can just use the normal connector and the connector makes it so easy. Yeah. You say, yeah, I want to read, you choose the customer table, it shows all the fields. And you, you know, you're picking where you want to put those fields in the rest of your flow. So if you know how BC works, you, you yeah. probably can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, modern clients. Um, so in, um, the, the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a button which is um, you know, on-prem customers will be used to uh, open or export to Excel. On SaaS, you've got edit in Excel. In the last version, you've also got uh, sharing teams. Um, you've also now got a copy link option so that you can email somebody a link and it will basically okay, yeah, open up that page. Right page. Yeah. And it seems like the edit in Excel is going to more pages. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've heard rumours that it's been accepted that the price list, the new price list, should be able to be editable in Excel. Good. Um, I don't know whether that's that from is from that uh, because that's a massive. Now you've just mentioned you that. I think it's probably worth saying that the, the new price changes have been de- delayed, delayed. Yeah. so they're there, but they're not going to be um, properly deprecated until um, until next year. Um, however, for some customers, there will still be a, a level of preparation to do for when that that functionality is bought. It's getting your head around them. Yeah, you, uh, you, you, you need to. That's that's else. absolutely true. You know, we we. Um, you need to understand how the new pricing works and you need to understand the impact of any bespoke work that you've had around pricing on these changes 
Well, you need to check it out. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's as actually as difficult um, as as it perhaps first appeared. Um, a lot of the pricing, you know, a lot of the code that I went to check to, to have a look at how a price was generated, actually had to make no change whatsoever. It was still going through the same functions, so it ended up in the same, going back to the new tables rather than the old ones. But it, it's where you've got kind of how you're going to set your policy up. Discounts and prices have been almost kind of smashed together, yeah. but they don't have to be. So are you going to have a separate price list for prices, net prices and a separate price list for well, discounts? Or are you going to try and put the two together, which in some ways more makes more logical, but it, you need, it's different for every customer because every customer's kind of pricing, uh, some have a retail price with discounts off, some have a net, and then a few net prices, some of them have, major net prices for customers. And well, we've kicked the can down the road yeah. now a little bit yeah. on this, but it's still important, I think, that um, over the next... And any new really customers should, be, should be using the new pricing from day yeah, one. If you're doing an upgrade yeah. project, that's probably the, the, the time to move over, et cetera. Um, okay, continue on modern clients. There's a new desktop app coming out. So the app that you could get on the Microsoft Store was deprecated not that long ago, but... Uh, 2021 sometime, I think. And they brought it back. Um, and, and it's coming back. Uh, they've also had introduced this web app, and I think that was 21 Wave 2, so that when you open up the web browser, a little thing pops up, and you can click it, and it will put a, uh, a link on your desktop, and it's kind of like a browser, but without the stuff around the outside. Yeah. So very light kind of web app. Okay. Um, I'm not sure whether the store one is the same thing or whether that's just slightly what, different. What, so... I mean, I'm puzzled. Why would you use that? Why yeah, isn't it? Just, I'm just use it in a browser and you've got multiple tabs. Because obviously they did. They open 16 times like yeah. I really, really want. And, and kind of, you know, the desktop app doesn't do any of that. Or it just allows you one session, doesn't what? it? So. Why, why, why would somebody choose to use a desktop app over the web? I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know. Is it good, a familiarity thing? Is it a familiarity thing? I don't know whether, whether it's just cleaner. Just more comfortable with I mean, it? the only time I could think is if you were deploying it somewhere and you didn't want the people to be able to get to yeah, Google or yeah. you know Netflix or whatever, um, you could lock it down. Is it a lockdown thing, usability so from that so, so you just people not have a browser and they just have the app instead, I don't know. Well, maybe. It, maybe. Yeah. maybe. 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 It wasn't one I got. There's a two or three uh, improvements to the web client. I think the interesting thing is they're that minor. I'm not even going to mention. I think it kind of explains how mature the web yeah. interface is. Yeah. Now, yeah. Actually, it's over, there's, there's not yeah. a lot yeah. that you can add now. It's fast. It? It's yeah. uh, section onboarding, uh, that's only really relevant for... I think probably more more, more partners than than, yeah. than existing users. Uh, reporting, we've, we've kind of those, covered those. Covered those export to Excel and yeah. the account schedules. Um, and finally, so this is the last bit. So this is platform. the telemetry again. Performance telemetry. Yeah, all about telemetry. telemetry. I mean, it's a point if if support teams aren't using telemetry and and you know. <sighs> Hey, it, it, first things first, you've got to have somebody who just goes away for a week and sits up a corner and learns telemetry because it's not, you know, it's not something that um, you're just going to be able to dip into when you feel like it, I think. But, I, mean, I mean, there's, there's, there's the two amount of data in there is yeah. superbly useful. I mean, there's a couple of levels though, isn't there? Because there's the telemetry you get off the admin portal, which is very basic, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of data. It's almost, you know, a page was opened up. Yeah, a button was pressed, blah de blah de blah, um, and then there's the the underlying telemetry that you can kind of get into in the back end. The back end stuff we use is very, you know, there's a lot of data, and it, yeah, if you know how to interpret it, it's really good. 
Um, our ops team have created, well, I think they've used it for Microsoft. There was a Power BI dashboard that shows you a lot of detail about an environment and give you some useful kind of pointers, long running queries and things like that. Yeah. And, and that's getting tuned. So when that first came out, some of the things that telemetry reported on, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, useful. Yeah, not, not, not the stuff you need. Now it's kind of like this page has taken over five seconds to yeah. open. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if that happens five times in a day, we want to know about it because sooner or later that client is going to be ringing up saying, our system's slow. Uh, you know, we've, we've, um, We've been using this um, in the last in the last few weeks um, for for a particular issue, uh, but the, still the issue is that um, where you've got a long running um, hungry process, yeah. is it the cause or is it the symptom? Yeah, that's still a bit of a challenge, and I can see some of the information that's coming will help us detect. But, whether it's but I would to, say in its defence, you know, um, it's a lot better information than a client ringing up saying, my system's slow. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going on? Is anybody yeah, doing yeah, anything? Yeah. And, and kind of the whole kind of trying to gut feel diagnosis that we've we've potentially had to do in the past. I, I had a great scenario the other day and it was related to some automation that we'd gotten into company. And, and yeah, you almost kind of, it's, it's a bit blind what goes yeah. over the other, other side of the fence really with intercompany. And um, and I was looking at the date, so I used the inspect to see what date and time the records were created. Mm-hmm. Went through telemetry, exact date and time, could see some errors being reported. Of course, the users didn't tell us that they were getting some errors, yeah. but I could see that, that is, was the that's error. A, now, that that's was a great example because, like you say, that that's that. But you knew what you were looking for first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's so much better than what we could ever get before, and from a support point of view. Um, Supports like that, though, it's, it's yeah, fixing the problem is straightforward. It's finding it is the problem. And so having the, the tools to help you point in the right direction and, yeah. and kind of sniff out that, that issue. That the really whole helps. support stack, I mean, being able to look at kind of, you know, this error occurred, go and uh, and retrieve effectively what the different background variables were and, and all the rest of it and be able to see what the precise set was at, yeah. at, that, at that point. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. I mean, it's a different world from anything we've ever known. That the number of, oh, I'd say probably months in my career where I've set trying to duplicate an error. Yeah. Because if you could consistently determine what caused the issue, then you know you could do the change to fix it. Now you've got a much much better set. But the set, of, you know, the engineering knowledge you need to be able to exploit these tools mm-hmm. is a whole different ball game from um, where it used to be. So, and a different set of skills, you know, an application support team that uh, understand, you know, which way a journal goes round, whether it's a, a debit or a credit, and not necessarily the yeah. the people who are going to query yeah, uh, telemetry entry. So we are seeing a proliferation of kind of um, uh, skill requirements across the support team that that, that um, are taking some work to maximise, I think. Yeah. And that's the list. I think, you know... They come out fast, don't they, these? <laughs> they do. You said that one not two minutes ago. But there'll be another only six months' time, so, mm-hmm. you know... Mm-hmm. I think, um, but, you know, great. Um, uh, already you're seeing, uh, you know, um, planned on going on BC ideas against some of the ideas again, and you kind of wonders. I mean, you know, the other thing I would say is, yes, um, the major release, BC 20, um, is out in April. Quite often we're seeing, 
it's 20.1 or 20.2 or 20.3 before they're safe to do. So, you know, certainly the three or four, um, the two, three probably is fair releases after the major number change are the ones where you watch to see, right, what's gone in it, what's gone in it, what's gone in it. There's a lot in April 22, but there's some... You know, there's some on so there, might, February 22, might, yeah. and there's some yeah. May 22 and March 22. Yeah. They, they won't all necessarily I don't come think they'll the all land together. Um, yeah. June 22. Um, you know, so that's where you need to It's watch. probably also worth just saying that um, w- with the modern life cycle policy, if you're an on-premise or pass solution and you're, you're on 20, um, maybe 2020, wave one, wave two, then your support will... Your Microsoft support yeah. will cease this spring. So um, people who've been live 18 months a year on on-premise or path solutions should be thinking about getting up to the latest versions. Obviously yeah. with SaaS, that's taking care All of. All migrate into SaaS. All migrate to SaaS. <laughs> uh, thank you for lining that up for me. <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 hey, look, I, I have to sit here and say that for the first couple of years of SaaS, Probably until about 18 months ago, I, I sat through innumerable pre-sales and said, mm, looking at the scale of this, we might need to put you on pass because we weren't sure about the performance of the um, of the SaaS platform. Um, now I think, you know, that SaaS, that the tuning at Microsoft, They've been through that tuning phase. There's not a lot wrong with performance. If there, if you have a performance problem on SaaS, you're going to have a pro- performance problem on pass. Yes, it so it's code. It's the way it's been coded, the way the data's grown. The, that query is not optimal. There's not an index for it, which we would need to solve anyway. And actually, with the telemetry we are just talking about it, chances are we'll find what the root cause is faster on SaaS yeah. than we might do on pass even I now. I agree. So I think it's for those those who are, you know, anybody who's past 2014 and in is, a, is fully extension-based, I've got a probably list. go I've and... I've got a list. Uh, go is anybody and, um, that, 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 that implemented around about two years ago where we were still a little bit unsure, we still mm. kind of were... If this you know, had to work, we were like, okay. Yeah, um, but, you know, your, your system is ready to migrate. You know, they have been built ready to migrate. So I think it's time well, for, you, for you, people, if they're on BC 15, 16, 17, 18, on-premise or pass, they should now think I mean, we won't migrating. mention, we won't name the customer, but how many users were they and what size was their database that you migrated from pass? To the cloud, and pretty much it was one test go, one live go, wasn't it? It's the yeah, two production environments, so about eighty odd users. Um, yeah, and, it, it, the, and, the, and a sizable database because they went live on pass on twenty sixteen, I think. Yeah. and so it's could, it like was like four, yeah. four gig of data or something. So quite a sizable chunk of data because yeah. it's quite transactional. You know, and then there's a few things that you have to do. You know, your usernames change because mm-hmm. you, you you're linking it to, to your Office three six five. So there's a little bit of migration around permissions and and job queues and anything that's got a user ID. Yeah, stamped yeah. on it the security has um, to be updated yeah. that, but um, other than that um, from a, a user point of view they don't know the difference they, yeah. they don't know they just go into a browser um, they just go into it they went into a browser before they just use a different yeah. link they don't know and then the beauty of it is these updates are just coming in every month um, and then obviously with the, the, the managed service we, we will make sure that any um, any customizations are 
are, are fit for the next version and, and help manage that process so that you don't come in one morning and the system's updated and nothing works, well, which is some people's fear with the auto, with the automation yeah. of the updates, but we can manage that process. We can make sure that... Um, that and, I, and I think, you know, if you think that Microsoft updates are useful, um, the fact that on SaaS, you get ISV updates as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Continue, Clever. Yeah. We've talked about like, okay, um, you know, the changes that, that Clever Dynamics needs to be able to talk to Office 365 from April. Yeah. Um, you know, potentially we do the work once on, yeah. uh, we deploy it to AppSource, uh, next major update, that comes down, that gets pushed if you don't push it quicker. Um, which the managed service would do, and, and there's no drama in terms of getting that compliance. If you're on-premise, you, know, you might even re not realise that's there. We might not realise that's there. It stops working and you've got a disruption. So I think it's as ISVs become more and more imp important to more, um, you know, I would say Power Apps, um, you're doing Power Apps when you're on SaaS is just... Power Automate is just yeah, a piece you've of game. Yeah, you've got your integration, your Power Apps, your Power BI, all those kinds of things mm -hmm. that... Um, yeah, there are now, an it's not just one or two changes and it's not a lot of difference. Um, your users might not notice the difference, but um, you know the systems administrator and the ease of which we can deploy more uh, benefits more quickly, I think is significantly higher on SaaS now. Yeah order of magnitude higher. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we'll be discussing these major updates. Yeah, for... If you want to talk about the process, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, that probably about wraps it up for this episode. Um, See you in six months. Watch yeah. this space. <laughs> we'll keep our eye on this list though, because Microsoft have got a habit occasionally of sneaking a few extra yeah, things into do. this list. Or actually delivering some stuff or, that's or, not on the list. I was, at say, all. I was just about to say, can we get the version and there's a few things a few nice things in there that aren't even on the list. Well so. this this list was last we, updated two days ago. Yeah, so we yes. well we might we might just another update, haven't yeah. we? So don't think this is it, guys. Um, you might get some more on top of this. But thank you for listening and um, look forward to joining you next time. Thank you.